On this Friday installment of Locked On Texans, you know what it is. We will be joined by our guy, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. Today, as Cody already alluded to, we will be having a conversation with Brandon K. Scott discussing the Houston Texans. And before we dive into that portion of the show, Mm. we are getting into the YouTube comments. One of my favorite parts of the week, honestly, man, I just love you know, diving into, you know, the reactions and comments and, you know, how the listeners and the fans of the Houston Texans feel. Before I do that, I do want to say this, guys. I know it's been hard to watch the Houston Texans. My man Carlton, uh, Carlton Patton right here, he's even commented, when I watch the games now, I play Teddy P, love TKO, and just get ready for the hard part. <laughs> get ready for the hard part. Right? That's how bad it's been. And I know it's hard to – watch and and really just you know root for the texans but i will say this at the very least be proud that the houston texans has better concessions than the houston rockets (laughs) it's terrible at the toyota center and i mean god awful the rockets make too much money tillman fatita makes too much money to be serving tyson chicken strips and dry burgers and the con- the condiments are never there. I had to eat a dry burger last night because there weren't no condiments. And nobody wants to feel it. I don't want to go on a rant. But let's go to the YouTube comments. Shout out to my man, CP. Uh, go check out his music. Follow him on Twitter, Colin Patton. And uh, check out his music, man. He's on YouTube as well under hashtag the streets. Uh, send me a song the other day, man. I really was messing with it. At by the album is his Twitter name. As I mentioned, his first comment was, when I watch the games now, I play Teddy P, love TKO. But he backdoored also commented, Cody, honestly, guys, this game was very winnable, talking about the Dallas Cowboy games. Now we got to let the talk, the Cowgirls talk mad crap for the next four years. Hopefully by then we'll be way better. Lord, help us. I think a lot of people is praying to uh, beat the Cowboys, Cody, because we know that if the Cowboys get one win over you, they talking for the rest of their life. And that is why I feel the NFL should definitely revamp these divisions, John. Because, one, every time the Texans and the Cowboys get together every four years, it's always a phenomenal game. I mean, if you think about it, the Texans' first win in franchise history is a very new franchise playing with players that who was cast-offs around the league. Sound a little bit familiar. The Houston Texans still came away with that game. As you guys know, four years ago, the last time the Dallas Cowboys and the Texans got together, uh, I think I think it was D-Hop that made a phenomenal game-winning um, touchdown drive. So, you know, I, I see all that just to say. I feel like the NFL should revamp the division so we can have more of these Texans versus Cowboys games. And not only that, I think... The NFC or AFC South, whichever one they want to go, probably more so NFC South, should be the Texans, the the Cowboys, the Saints, 
and the Falcons. I don't think you can you could name a better, more fun, a little bit more dangerous division in terms of the fan base. But man, I feel like the NFL is truly missing out on not having at least the Texans and the Cowboys play each other every single year. Yeah, and you know what? That's very interesting because the geographics of these teams, right? Don't like, make no dog for Houston. Sense. It makes sense. They're in the South. Tennessee, it makes sense. Jacksonville makes sense. And um, Indy. Indy. It's like Indy. <laughs> but then when you look at the NFC East, the Giants make sense. Philly makes sense. Um, Washington. Washington makes sense. And then Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> Dallas is like, you know, Houston and Dallas are these southern teams. And then you go with the Saints. So, I, I, that is something that um, is an interesting topic. You know, we was hearing talks about the NFL and Roger Goodell wanting to add a team, and one of the teams we wanted to add was either a team in Mexico or across the pond. I think that's a terrible idea. Nobody's going to want to go over there to yeah, travel back. No. That's a, That was a terrible idea. In Mexico, though. And the, and the player's not going to want to travel like that either. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous, but uh, – I do that Houston and Dallas are two teams that need to play each other more often. If it's not every year, every other year, it's something that I think is doable. And then I think for the NFL standpoint, um, it just would bring in some good revenue, right? The two teams in the South, uh, the Stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. These are the two Texas teams. And, uh, you know, it, to, to spice it up, maybe you can put a pot prize out there. Whoever wins <laughs> a Super Bowl – uh, first, maybe you get a bonus because in the last, you know, 20 plus years, I, I no Super Bowl champs came out of Texas. Uh, let's go over to J-Rock 5335. My man said, leaving Jerry World wearing a Mills jersey was on the saddest moments this year. Mm. Uh, why would you have a Mills jersey? Where did you keep one of those at? That's my response. A Mills jersey? And it, I, I can see Andre Johnson. I can see people still rocking the Hopkins trade because he didn't trade himself. I can see the Foster. I can see the Watt. I can see the Clowney. Uh, but I, I wouldn't go to Jerry World with a Davis Mills jersey. I didn't even know they still sold those, honestly, man. I, I, I don't I'm, believe in my quarterback's jersey unless you know that they are the franchise quarterback. I'm pretty sure he got it at the beginning of the season when there was a time where you could buy Davis Mills jerseys. There was hope at the time. There's not hope anymore, but don't worry. Hopefully next year, Cal Magnera can still do the whole trade in your old jersey for a new jersey, and, you know, maybe um, our boy can actually get a, a, the, the the next quarterback for the Houston Texans. Hopefully it's Bryce Young, but oh, man. Nick Casario. But Nick Casario latest comment got me a little concerned about that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I actually just saw a comment that said I prefer CJ Stroud over uh, Bryce Young. A, a lot of people are scared away from Bryce Young's size. Um, and I think he's one of those players that you may want to make a exception for because of his football intellect. He's a smart football player. And not only is he a smart football player, uh, he's not a smart football player, and it doesn't translate to anything else. Like a guy that's smart in football at the quarterback position, so you know that one day he'll be a coach. Um, no, he's a smart gamer, like in-game football player. But a lot of people are scared of his size, and you see C.J. Stroud. He's a bigger quarterback, may have a bigger arm. 
He's just an Ohio State quarterback. And right now, Justin Fields is hanging on to a thread of me believing in those guys. Last comment, uh, Jason Colton said, DP should not play again this year. It's already over. Pierce is the offensive weapon this team has that will strike fear in opponents. Save them. I agree. I agree. Unless he wants to come back and get 1,000 yards, just sit down. You, Grenard, Stingley, um, even Rex Burkhead, who they forced back from a concussion a week earlier. But just go ahead and sit down and, you know, go to go to Cabo or something. I don't know. Celebrate softness season with the gift of new Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas. Every gift is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever have or it's free guarantee. Hurry to Tommy John's wrap it up sale and get 30% off everything plus free shipping at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. Order now so your gifts arrive before the holidays. 30% off plus free shipping at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. That's tommyjohn.com slash locked on. See site for details. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. And as you guys know, almost every Friday, because our schedule sometimes don't match up, but we got our boy, Mr. Brandon K. Scott, back from the B-Block Podcast and Sports Radio 16. Brandon, what's going on, my guy? Hey, man, just living good, enjoying life, (laughs) man. Uh, You know. Texans almost came away with a win against the Cowboys. That would have been interesting, and they did some things just to, just enough interesting to make it interesting, I guess you could say. So, uh, so everything is good, man. I just came from Philadelphia too, man. I did Army mm. Navy, did Army Navy game for the station, man. Covered that, had a good time out there for the weekend. So, yeah, man, everything is good. Hmm. And speaking of that Dallas Cowboy Houston Texans game that took place on Sunday, before we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs game, um, Brandon, I do want to pick your mind um, about what took place on Sunday because I'm pretty sure, like everybody else, you thought that Sunday was going to be a slaughterhouse, let's just say the least. Um, the Houston Texans came into that game with a record of 1-10-1, and, and the Dallas Cowboys came into that game with a 9-3 record, and even though the results still ended up with the Houston Texans losing that game, unfortunately, Brandon, I'm going to start off like this. How great was it just to see the Houston Texans compete and actually give themselves a chance to win? Because even though it didn't end it, even though it didn't end with a victory, I consider that game to be the Houston Texans best game of the season. Yeah, I know at sports radio 610, a lot of us had, I would say a near consensus response that it was the perfect result. And and it's what it's kind of what you've been wanting to see from this team all along is, hey, you, you kind of had a sense that the team wasn't going anywhere. You didn't think it would be this bad. You know, they won four games the last couple of years, thought they would be somewhere within that range this year. Didn't think it would be this bad, hmm. but you did expect to see progress and like certain things to go well uh, better coaching like smaller intangible things that maybe you were expecting to see this year that you just frankly have not seen from the Texans at all so uh so that I think that was that was the positive I would say from from the standpoint of hey losing is still 
as much as I hate to say, because I'm not a tanking guy, mm-hmm. losing is still beneficial to the team, but competing is also both entertaining for your fans and your and the people who watch you. And mm-hmm. it's also uh, a, a good sign for for progress and for things to come. So I think that's cool. But also, man, I, I felt going into the game that the the Texans, or I should say the Cowboys' weaknesses played into the Texans' strengths. Mm-hmm. Cowboys not very good against the run. Very good against the uh, against pass rush, but not good against the run. But the Texans got pretty good tackles, and you saw that except for a couple of false start penalties. You saw them competing in a way that they've been competing all season, the tackles, and that if there's any way to get to the Cowboys, the way to do it is by running the ball, being effective running the ball, which they did by mixing it up with Jeff Driscoll, and they were able to use that to open up the pass and the more cliche way that you hear teams talking about, coaches and players talking about. And then also Dak getting to Dak on the defensive end. You know, Dak is somebody who somehow does a good job of playing within himself, but every now and then, like his whole calling card is being someone who knows who he is and plays within himself and, and plays within the system. But every now and then he gives you an opportunity. It gives you it gives you a chance to get the ball. And you saw that with both the Turpin on the uh, the muff punt and then, of course, Dak giving up the ball as well. So there were opportunities there. There were things that I thought that the Cowboys, again, don't do well necessarily that the Texans do. And so it was a little bit of a perfect storm. Maybe we should have expected them to be more competitive than we did. But obviously, you look at the record. You look at the fact that the Cowboys have blown out a team or two during the season and the Texans have, have let's just say, have not. And, <laughs> and so you factor all of that in. And, yeah, it was a surprise. But um, but I don't know how surprised I was necessarily about uh, about what they did with Driscoll once it was known on Saturday that they were bringing him up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, yes, to your point, it was good to see them at least compete because at times, especially over the last few years, or I'm sorry, the last few years, last few weeks, over the last few weeks, they have been non-competitive, hmm. you know, and they have given, they have shot, they've shot themselves in the foot and given them, you know, knocked themselves out of the game. It felt like at least early in the game, you know, talk about a pick six early in the game in Davis Mills's last game. You talk about mm-hmm. Kyle Allen throwing, throwing an interception on the first play of the game on his last time out there. Um, and, and then the, with the Miami game and not being competitive at all, like, yeah, it, it, is, it was good to see them finally compete again. Mm. And speaking of Jeff Driscoll, Brandon, I do want to ask you this because this is a conversation that um, John and myself had early on in the week. Do you feel like the whole Jeff Driscoll experience, um, using him the way he did, do you feel like that was somewhat of a missed opportunity for the Texans? And I only say that because on one hand, remember doing training camp, you and I, we talked about it on the sideline watching them. Um, it seemed like they was going to use Jeff Driscoll as so, somewhat of a hybrid quarterback. We saw it throughout the preseason, and after the second game of the regular season, um, they stopped calling Jeff Driscoll from the practice squad. And not only that, on the flip side of things, when you take a look at Davis Mills, I truly believe that Davis Mills benefited more so due to the fact that he was able – it seemed like he was able to process stuff going on during the game more so than we saw throughout the throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, so I, I think it's easier for us now in hindsight, especially the way you just laid it out, knowing what we saw in the preseason and early in the season, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, what we saw in the Cowboys game and what we know about Jeff Driscoll, like that's kind of basically his utility is to offer some different sort of dynamic and element, um, particularly in the run game. Like we all un- understand that. And so I think it's easy for us to say now that, hey, was that a missed opportunity? And obviously, yeah, they, they could have been doing some different things with him all along, sure. But I think that the plan was at least logically sound in what they wanted to do. Like ideally, and we got to acknowledge this too, guys. Ideally, you've got a quarterback in there, whether it's Davis Mills or Kyle Allen, whoever it may be, you've got a quarterback in there that's effective enough running your offense that you don't have to substitute for. Mm-hmm. That that would be, you know, in an ideal world, if you even were going to use Jeff Driscoll, he would be an extreme novelty. And I think they were hoping that again, ideal world that Davis Mills runs the offense effectively and that's not really needed. And then that your second quarterback that you carry on a given day is somebody that you feel like you can can, can go in there and spell him and do something similar, basically do the same. So what I'm saying is I think they were hoping that they wouldn't really need Jeff Driscoll because they would get adequate quarterback play. Like I, I was thinking about this, Cody, whenever – whenever he came up, you know, whenever they brought him back up from the practice squad. And then, and then of course, after the game, like was the Cowboys response to, to Jeff Driscoll being called up from the practice squad. Did they think, and I okay, and I'm asking this cause I sort of thought this, is it because Kyle Allen was so bad that they, that the <laughs> Texans didn't feel like he could even adequately be their backup or because Davis Mills and Kyle Allen both, have have struggled so badly that they needed Jeff Driscoll, you know, and like independent of 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 just like Kyle Allen being bad, but collectively that they that they were so I shouldn't say independent of collectively they were so bad that they needed Kyle Allen to add this extra element to the offense, you know, like like which which is it? Is it oh we're just giving up on Kyle Allen as the backup, or hey we really need what Jeff Driscoll brings, you know, like which which one is it? And we saw by the way that they uh, deployed Jeff Driscoll, uh, that they clearly had a game plan for him or wanted him to be a part of the game plan. But the thing that I'll say to Cody that I don't think gets enough attention about the Jeff Driscoll move that that's important about it. Um, that goes beyond just the poor quarterback play, because I think the big focus is hey, Davis Mills has been bad. Kyle Allen has been bad. Mm-hmm. They can't trust either one of them. You know, so they need they they need Jeff Driscoll in there because the quarterback play's been so bad. Like that's kind of the the narrative and the the energy around it. But don't forget, man. Like Jeff Driscoll's adding for the most. I know he threw that touchdown pass and looked fine at times throwing the ball, but he's adding an extra dynamic to the running game that absent of Damian Pierce, hmm. it's really nothing now. And I know Damian Pierce wasn't hurt yet, but I think that's part of it, too, the fact that you can't get anything going in the run game. You can't get anything going in the run game outside of Damian Pierce, you know. And so Jeff Driscoll somehow in some ways, I don't want to say becomes their most effective quarterback because he can't necessarily do the things in the pocket that you saw maybe Davis Mills do at times. Mm-hmm. But but he adds his element as a quarterback to the run game that you're actually missing because you don't have a second, you don't really have a second option uh, at running back as well. So, so I think there's too much attention given to what they're trying to do in the passing game for obvious reasons, because it's the quarterback position, mm-hmm. but 
but he's in there to supplement a run game that is overly relying on the rookie who we all know is now injured. What an amazing conversation between Cody and Brandon K. Scott, and more of that will follow. However, this holiday season, total wine and more. When you find new wine, new Cabernet, new Chardonnay, or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list, you'll know you found something special, all for the lowest price. Love what you find, only a total wine and more. Drink responsibly, be 21 years and older. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. And Brandon, I was hoping we would never have to talk about this, especially this season. Because I think if there is one guy who can actually take home most valuable player for the Houston Texans in 2022 is Damian Pierce. He has been exciting. He has been the best player on the team. He has been fun to talk to both on and off camera. But now, unfortunately, he is hurt with a mild ankle sprain. And as of right now, he is on the shelf for two, um, at least for two weeks. And hopefully we can see him again. Because I think he's, what, 50, 60 yards away from eclipsing over 1,000. I would love for him to get that, especially as a rookie. But, Brandon, Sunday against the Chiefs, what should the Houston Texans do with their rushing attack? <laughs> well, like we were mentioning before, I mean, that's a that's going to be, I think, an obvious added benefit of the Jeff Driscoll packages. Which I, I like think, that, by the way. I, I didn't think about that at the time. Yeah, I think that's going to help. It's going to help for, now for obvious reasons. I, again, I don't think that was necessarily – I think it was part of the plan um, to supplement what you were getting from Damian Pierce. Obviously, they weren't planning to be without Damian Pierce entirely. Uh, but, but hey, man, this is a – here's an opportunity now for more Dare Ngumbawale. And I know we've been seeing him go a little bit more the last couple of weeks, and it hasn't really been there. And it's like, okay, all the calls for Dare earlier in the year but, but, seem but to Brandon, have died down. Seem to have got down. You know, I get it. I get it. I'm sorry to cut you off, man, but we have been saying this is an opportunity for Marlon Mack. We've been saying this is an opportunity for Dare Gumbawale. You know, then there's the whole Eno Benjamin. We thought that was going, but it all goes back to Rex freaking Burkhead. Oh, bruh. Listen, you saw you saw what Marlon Mack did for the Denver Broncos on Sunday. Had that long touchdown run. Had a, it was like a sixty-some yard run, something that maybe sixty, seventy-some yard run, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was something that you could not even imagine for a second. Rex Burkhead doing in the year of our Lord twenty twenty-two. It 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 would not it would not happen for oh even a second. God. So so like even at the time, man. I thought like it was a mistake if you were going to go, if you're going to keep one of those veteran running backs to me, even based off of training camp. And I know Marlon Mack wasn't impressive in the preseason, but I thought Mm -hmm. based off of what we saw in training camp that he looked just fine to be a backup running back. Like not, not on the practice squad. Cause I would understand why somebody like Marlon Mack doesn't want to be on the practice squad or wants an opportunity to be on somebody's active you know 53 man roster yeah but i thought he should have been it should have been 
Damian Pierce and Marlon Mack. And then the conversation is simple. And then the conversation is about whoever is third. Like at that point, doesn't even really matter. It could have even been Rex Burkhead at that point because you're hoping, and, and I, I'm not saying it should have been, but at that point, like now you've got your more more realistic two-headed monster. Now I don't want to use the term monster kind of loosely, but hmm. you know, your your main two running backs. They should have done that even then. So I've been saying that since since it happened. Uh, I believe that. But I mean, here here we are. Like the thing with Rex Burkhead, man, you're not gonna get me to understand how they're able to bring players in, cut them, recycle players in and out, and Rex Burkhead has stood the test of time. Like think of all the players that they have claimed off the waiver wire or traded a fifth or later round pick for. To, to, to come in here for a shot and then cut them. Do you, I mean, think about the Anthony Millers of the world. I get I don't remember it. Look, Anthony Miller's not somewhere tearing it up right now. I get it. But, I mean, those are those are misses by the Texans. We think about the guys that aren't, that aren't here anymore, but the guys that are, that are still on the team, like Rex Burkhead. Like the, the Rex Burkhead, Justin Britt, Kamu Grugier Hill trio is gonna be and Kamu to a far lesser extent, but I yeah, mean because he, he was productive at yeah. at times for the most part. Yeah, but then he ended up being somebody that you couldn't that uh, and I, I hate to say this as a as a slight, but couldn't rely on to be a backup because he wanted to be gone once it once he got his um you know once he his 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 role changed. Mm-hmm. So so like that sort of conglomerate. <laughs> of type of player that they've that they've fixated on or overvalued really is curious to me and i'll be glad when that's not happening anymore but but yeah i, I anticipate that you're going to see a lot more wrecks you're going to see a lot more wrecks in it and if you know if you just want watchable football you, you're hoping that he taps into whatever it was that he was toward the toward the end of last season where where he was moderately productive and ended up being there leading rusher for the year which is wild but yeah more more rex more dare um they signed a running back to i want to say they brought in a running back who i didn't somebody that had been on their practice squad earlier in the year mm-hmm. whose name is escaping me right now but there's no reason to have a lot of expectation of that guy either so uh so so yeah a lot of jeff driscoll and, and honestly man davis mills did not look too bad against the Cowboys. Like he hmm. didn't, wouldn't say look great or anything, but he looked a little, a lot closer. I would say to what I was expecting and what I thought he would look like going into this year than he actually did. You know, competent, uh, uses athleticism to get outside of the pocket a little bit. Um, wasn't always accurate, but was mostly accurate. I thought. Um, and and I think that this is an opportunity for him as well. Like, at what point, what do you have to lose? Like, if, especially if you're Pep Hamilton, who, Pep, man, dude, like, talk about having your highs and lows. I thought this. Was, I thought I thought Sunday was both his burst. His his burst. His, it was it was his burst game. <laughs> it, was his, it was his best and worst game. I thought his it was his burst game. But uh, yeah, man. So like, here's an opportunity for him to. Hey, like, let Davis open it up a little bit, or open it up for Davis. You don't have to, you don't have to run the dink and dunk Mac Jones offense 
mm-hmm. with Davis anymore because you've already said like you've already gotten your evaluation. They know what they're gonna whether they take a quarterback or not. They know what Davis Mills is at this point. Man, let it rip. Let it rip. Maybe maybe there is something within him too that just needs to to be given those chances or to have the reins let up and, and not focus too much on the don't turn over the ball check it down to you know type of type of mentality you know like let him maybe let him do more you know because you don't have that safety safety valve for damian pierce hmm. brandon last question before moving on i'm glad that you mentioned davis mills um the plan when they bench davis mills was to give him an opportunity to study and learn the game from afar as you just mentioned, I think everybody will agree. He looked pretty decent, um, probably one of, if not his best game of the season, Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. Now with the Kansas City Chiefs coming up, um, then you finish off the season with divisional games. Is there anything that you believe Davis Mills can do within these last four games? I say five, including what took place on Sunday that will make you feel comfortable uh, if the Texans to say, you know what, let's give Mills one more shot throughout the draft. Let's continue to fill the rest of the rosters because you know they need help up front. They need help on the defensive line. They definitely need some playmakers on this team. Or you just think at this point, that's it. Because remember, Lovey Smith said in his post in, in his press conference um the day that they said that Davis Mills was going to be the starter again last week. He mentioned Davis Mills, you know, had a subpar production, his first go around as a starting quarterback last year. They set him down for four games, came back and tore it up. Yeah, I don't think that that can be your plan at quarterback to <laughs> so far, so far the, the the way your quarterback is productive is. He's got to be bad for the first half of the season. <laughs> you got to bench him. Then he got to come back. And then the last five or six game of the season. He's going to be good. Set, yeah, he's going to be good. He's going to set the world on fire. Like, like if they, if you're like, you know what, give me some more of that. That's what I've seen the first two seasons of Davis Mills, and I want some more of that. That's that's the the the, the route to success via the quarterback position. Like, no, I don't, I don't think that that is it. I don't think that there's anything that he can do to change their – their plan and what they like the, the direction that they want to go in, in in terms of quarterback. I think the only thing that that matters now is what their evaluation is of the quarterbacks. Like, mm-hmm. like could they, could they not draft a quarterback and Davis Mills in theory be their starting quarterback next year or compete with a veteran that they bring in for the starting quarterback position next year. And they do something else with that number one overall pick, whether it be, draft a defensive player or trade back to get a few different players that they like. Certainly. Like, I think that is in play. I don't like it. I, I like the idea of just keeping it simple and, and, and taking the, the, the obvious approach that's right in front of you. You've got the number one overall pick. Here is what I think can be a game changing uh, franchise quarterback that will be available for you at the number with the number one overall pick. It's not like last year when if you had the number one overall pick, it would have been unwise to take a quarterback at that position. Mm. It's not the 2022 draft. It's the 2023 draft where there is a quarterback to take with the number one overall pick. So I think it's just that simple that that's what you do. But again, if they don't view it that way, to me, it needs to be more about them not being as sold on the quarterback as I am. You know, they don't if they don't share the opinion of Bryce Young, 
that I have. And they do share the opinion that I think a lot of us have about those defensive players. Don't be don't seem hmm. to be too much disagreement about those guys. Hmm. If, if they if they believe in them over Bryce Young, then that would be the reason to go that route and you know go go with Davis Mills or look at the trade and or free agency market for another quarterback as your backup or as the guy. You know, like maybe could could they? Could they go this route and pursue Jimmy Garoppolo? You know what I mean? Like, and, and that doesn't that doesn't wow me. But I will say Jimmy Garoppolo was playing. Look, he is miles better than anything that they got going here at, the, at this point. And I wouldn't have said that in the beginning of the year. You know, when, when they were talking like, should the Texas trade for Jimmy G? I'm like, mm-hmm. nah. Like I, like, I think Davis Mills could be Jimmy G. You know, I thought that at the time. No, no. After, after the season, I, I definitely get why. If – you don't believe in the quarterback in this draft going that route of bringing in a veteran. Mm. Let me just say this, and I'm going to play around with this idea a lot more throughout the offseason. Texans got a lot of money in the bank for this upcoming year, right? They do. (laughs) Yeah, they do. You know, there's a quarterback who might not be so too happy with their situation. Don't seem like they're going to – you know, come to an agreement and, you know, this is a draft where, you know, you have, you know, some really good quarterbacks coming out. I wouldn't mind throwing a big bad to Lamar Jackson and, you know, try to work something out and get that all pro MVP quarterback in the city of Houston. I'm just saying dream scenario. I'm just saying, you know, but uh, that's something we're going to talk about. Probably in the next month because the Houston Texans season will be done in the next couple of weeks. But Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610 and the B-Block podcast. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on all your social media platforms? Well, I just want to say I am ready to hear y'all have that Lamar Jackson conversation. And <laughs> y'all have it. Y'all can bring me back and I can have it with y'all again. And so we can... We can recycle some content out of that for sure. Mm. But of course, the B Block podcast, wherever you get your podcast, I'm going to be recording shortly after this, actually. After I get off with you, I'll be doing an episode. So get that wherever you get your podcast. Obviously, I'm on social media at Brandon K. Scott. That's my Twitter. You can find whatever we're doing. I'm doing a Rockets podcast, too, as well. H-Town Hoops podcast. Me and Adam Spillane, Sports Radio 16. Y'all can check that out, of course. And then I'm on the air, man. The week, I'll tell y'all this. Since y'all have catch this before, the week basically of Christmas, y'all know how Christmas is on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that following Monday, that whole week, so the week between Christmas and New Year's, I will be on air the entire week from on in the middays from 10 to hey. 2. Y'all, y'all check that out. Yeah, y'all, y'all got my favorite time. show on 16 2. Yeah, in got, the loop. <laughs> yeah, y'all got time to plan out for that. So check, 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 check us out from 10 to 2, man, uh on the on the week between Christmas and New Year's. You gonna be on there with Landry with John? Well, no, no, no. They'll be they'll be on on vacation, so I'm not okay. I'm not entirely sure who I'll be on with. It might be Spo. It could be Sean Bajani. You and Spo um, real good, man. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so we'll see we'll see we'll see who it ends up being. But it'll be uh it'll be some mix of of, of some of your sports radio six ten usuals. Hmm. Sounds good. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. We do this podcast every single day. So sometimes we have blunders. The biggest blunder in this show, I forgot to change the outline. So Brandon did the show in John Hickman's box. 
But you know, hey, proud to be John. Hey, I'm be, I'm be confused. I'm be confused with anybody on this planet. John Hickman is a good enough man that I would not mind being confused with a brother like John Hickman. I consider it, consider it an honor. I hope John don't mind because I don't mind. I'm pretty sure he don't. But and, and for my co-host John Hickman, you can follow him on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. You see it right there at the bottom, but that's not him. I apologize for that. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.